Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts here on Carter Nelson Decision Day. Carter Nelson has been the talk of uh, the recruiting class for the most part. I mean, just he's no he's no Dylan Rayola Brunts, but it's uh, there's been a lot of discussion about Carter Nelson and what the Angel tight end might do. And we learned today that he is staying home. He will be playing for Matt Rule in Nebraska moving forward after the 2023 season. Probably not a big surprise given sort of where we're at now uh here in the week but this might have been a surprise about a week ago last wednesday if i told you carter nelson is going to end up in nebraska's 2024 class what are your thoughts yeah it's uh well certainly nationally i think it would be a surprise um i i think when things middle of last week and credit to you for um kind of being out in front of that i think um on the last podcast we did it, it <laughs> Saying I, I should have put in a crystal ball and then I didn't put in the crystal ball. Yeah, you at least put acknowledged it. In it. Morning, it's so. a public acknowledgement. That's good enough okay. for me. Right, um, it's like a verbal commitment. Um, so I, I think, yeah, nationally, I think it would be a huge surprise. I, I think it is still a little bit of a huge surprise. I mean, when you consider where he visited um, to, you know, the defending national champions, where he made multiple visits at Georgia, um, he went to Notre Dame, he went to Penn State, he had ample other opportunities in, in the SEC and in, in the Big Ten. And Nebraska won out. And I think you have to give a tremendous amount of credit to Matt Rule and his staff. And I think for some of the recruits in Nebraska's 2024 recruiting class for making this happen. I mean, you know, that this is when you start digging into recruiting rankings and where he falls all time in terms of ranking and commitment. I mean, this is a top, I think, seven um, all time commitment for Nebraska in terms of ranking. So this is a, uh, a big deal. And, you know, I, I think it's I wouldn't call it an upset, but I definitely think this is the kind of elbows out recruiting battle that Nebraska has not really engaged in much in this class. And they came out on top for somebody who tremendously athletic, a ton of upside and I think a a nice real capper to a really 
productive June for this recruiting class. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit on all the the high points there. It's a big recruiting win for Matt Rule and and his coaching staff. And you know, they they wanted to keep Carter Nelson home, and I think whatever it was that that basically solidified it. I think that Daniel Kalen at least plays a you know a maybe not necessarily lead lead role on it, but certainly. He gets to be on the credits page because I think he was really involved from the moment he ended up as Nebraska's quarterback commit. You go back to the weekend right before June, Carter Nelson comes down for an unofficial visit. Daniel Kalen makes sure to come over, you know, and and Kalen was telling me they had met at a Nebraska game in 2022 and kind of hit it off a little bit there. And we're talking a little bit. And then once Daniel Kalen was in Nebraska's class, he really ratcheted up the amount that he would reach out to Carter Nelson to the point where, you know, when they weren't together, they were talking with each other. And that led to Carter Nelson wanting to come to the College World Series, which led to hanging out more with Daniel Kalen, which just a week ago. I mean, you know, a week ago on Wednesday, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, those guys were were at uh, the, the CWS at that point on Wednesday. And then Thursday, Nelson's hanging out in Lincoln before his official visit with his family. And then Friday, he's on his official visit. Saturday, he's committing to Nebraska, you know, and, and then we find out publicly here a few days later. So I, I think it had been on his mind, and I think that Daniel Kalen was was certainly a, a big part of all of this. Brunts, I want to, before we get too deep into this podcast, I want to go all the way back to the beginning, which if memory serves me correct, and I remember telling you about Carter Nelson on the sidelines, I want to say it was a Purdue game 2021. Trent Mossbrucker, who is part of Nebraska's recruiting staff, kind of sidles over to me before the Purdue game. And he kind of does one of those where you just sort of nod your head a little bit at somebody. And he's pointing out at this gangly tall kid. And he's like, hey, you know who that is? And I did not because I did not. And he's like, that's Carter Nelson. I was like, okay, he's eight-man football player. He's going to be the best player in the state. You watch. And here we are. So this – there's this idea that Carter Nelson sort of just appeared out of nowhere, but Nebraska's previous staff was on him from the day he basically won the, the set the class C record as a freshman in the high jump. And they were immediately enamored because of his dad's size as to what he could be. And there's always been a lot of projection with Carter Nelson. This isn't like an overnight thing. Like I, I feel feel like there's some people that that think that this offer happened entirely because he's tall and he's fast they were on this kid before he could even drive I'm pretty sure so I mean this is a this is a recruitment you know it's it's taken two different staffs and it's had a lot of different twists and turns but I I I really want to reiterate this is not some guy that appeared out of nowhere this is someone that they viewed as a legitimate prospect or a previous coaching staff viewed as a legitimate prospect back in 2021. It's now June of 2023. He's a top 50 player in the country. There's a ton of buzz about his athleticism because it's a pretty unique package when you combine that size with his ability to, to sort of explode with the vertical jump. And then he moves well. And I understand he's coming from a really low classification in eight-man football and all of that. But some really smart football people have looked at this and basically said, I think this guy can be a player. And I, I think that speaks to his ratings more than anything else. 
Yeah, I remember, well, even back then, I remember it being like, okay, this is somebody that Nebraska is going to get involved with in a, in a very, you know, serious, heavy way. And even then, though, it was interesting because, you know, you had the 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 track and field times and marks that kind of validated whatever athleticism he had. But I remember at the time, people would say, yeah, you know, he's, he's going to be a, a football recruit for sure. But he the talk then was like this this is a guy that if he wanted to play basketball could have been mm-hmm. a you know legit um kind of jump out of the gym guy that was going to be on, on on college basketball radars too if he wanted to be i mean that that's just i think a credit to not only his athleticism but the athleticism that he showed at a very early age um and i, I definitely remember that that w- when you'd mentioned that to me that you know that, that was a guy that you know we we're going to need to keep an eye on and um, you know, everything that he's done since then has kind of validated that. We'll see, you know, I, I well, we can get into it a little bit more too, but kind of what, what the projection is out for him. But yeah, I mean, this, this is a, a, a supreme athlete that people have been aware of for a long time. I mean, certainly, you know, when you have coaches from Georgia and Notre Dame and Michigan flying into the airport in Ainsworth or, you know, making that drive up into the Sandhills to, to go see him, that kind of changes the the changes things a little bit. But this is the guy, like you said, that's been on Nebraska's radar for a long time across multiple coaching staffs. Yeah, and I think he is someone that you know isn't going to to come to campus and immediately push the issue of playing time. Like there's going to be a development track there. But honestly, this is one of those things where I think it's really helpful you have a guy like Bob Wager as your tight ends coach. I mean, you got a high school coach that's transitioning to being a college tight ends coach. I think he's used to working with guys where you have to project a little or you have to dream up a little because maybe they're not physically right where they need to be. But I think if Carter Nelson gets a two-year runway with a strength and conditioning staff, he's going to have a a real opportunity by his third year in college to be someone that can be, I think, pretty helpful. And here's the other thing. When we're talking about a tight end impact, you know – it doesn't have to be like he has to have 800 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like this could be a guy who could have a pretty nice career if he's hanging out around 450 to 500 yards and six touchdowns a season. I mean, that kind of consistency is not something we've seen a lot out of the tight end position room. And you can still be an important piece of the offense, even if you're not necessarily putting up these huge games. So I, I think there's a way, you know, when people look at the, the star ranking on, on, tight end recruits I think you you get a little wild and you hope that it's Kyle Pitts but that's more the exception than it is a rule I mean I think if you get you know like what did Durham Smythe have last year like was that did he have like a 700 800 yard season or would he like right around 650 I mean I, I think if you can get that kind of um that kind of production and I'm talking about the the former Purdue tight end for those that maybe don't know the name Payne Durham I, Payne Durham, yeah. Who's Durham Smythe? Is that another? It's uh, you're you're thinking about a current Miami Dolphins. Um, okay, so there we go. Tight end. Yeah. You're in the right position. He was at Notre, yeah. Dame. Notre Dame. Too many Durhams, you yeah. know. Durham Museum. That's a tight end, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, so I just think that you know, we probably get a little over our skis when you see sort of the ranking, and then you think the impact is going to be like a thousand yard season. I don't think that's likely with a tight end. But I think Carter Nelson by year three could be a guy that's pretty helpful in your offense. And maybe it happens in year two. I just don't know that I'm looking for him 
in 2024 to get right in the mix of what they've got going on at tight end. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there, there's, I think the biggest factor in all of that and, and, you know, apart from the athleticism, apart from everything is how do you make that adjustment from eight man to, to the college game? I mean, that, that's a, that's a big jump up. Um, you know, nobody is doubting his athleticism or what he's able to do. Um, I think it, it, he's intriguing to me, especially too, because if you get him into a college strength and conditioning program, focusing only on football, that to me, that there, there's a lot that can kind of, you can maybe speed up the, 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 uh, time frame a little bit for his contributing. Um, but you know, the, the thing about him that's, that's kind of unique, I, I guess, in, in the tight end room that Nebraska has now, I look at him more as kind of like a Fedoni type tight end split where out. you're going to be split out. You're going to be, um, you know, used in a bunch of different situations. They're going to try to take advantage of mismatches, that kind of thing. And I, I think if you're that kind of tight end and you can show that you can run routes and understand the offense, I think it's a little bit easier to contribute uh, sooner. I mean, I, and I, I'm not saying that he's due for a Matt Harrion freshman year because, I mean, that, that was a lightning in a bottle situation in my mind. But, I mean, if you can find situations where he can contribute, I think there's probably a chance for him to get on the field a little bit sooner if you're able to tailor things for him. Because I think the thing that we had kind of heard early in his recruitment was nobody's doubting the athleticism. You see on the you see glimpses of it on the film, even though he's going up up against eight man competition, the high pointing the ball, you know, he runs like a receiver. Um, you know, it's just a matter of no nobody really knows kind of what that's gonna look like in a year or two. But um, you know, I I think the challenge then becomes for Matt Rule and his staff is is how do you, you know, you're again betting on your development, your ability to develop, and how do you get him on the field sooner in a position to contribute? Because I yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you hope by year three he's a regular contributor and, and a starter and, you know, pushing for all conference. And I agree. I mean, you don't, you don't need thousand yard receiving seasons to do that. But I think there's probably a time and a place for him to contribute sooner if you can kind of dream things up in a way for him, too. Yeah, I think you're I think that's a good point about uh, what do they call it? The Y receiver, where it's basically a split out tight end. Uh, Nebraska. Previously, we wanted to, to do that a little bit more with, with blast from the past, Justin McGriff and Katarian Legrone and guys like that. Where do you, do you remember that? They would like, they'd get recruited, committed, and they would talk about playing the wide receiver. And I was just kind of like, what does this mean? Like, what what is this? But it, it's essentially the split out tight end. So I, I am, I am fascinated also as part of the Carter Nelson discussion. I have no idea what the tight end role is going to look like in this offense either. So that's, that's another part of all of it is we could see a game plan for what Carter Nelson could be as early as this fall. If Thomas Fedoni can stay healthy and if they utilize him in sort of that split out position, it could give you that pathway for what it could look like, you know, for a guy like Carter Nelson. I, I do think you said something in there that is really valuable Sometimes these guys are really, really athletic and they play all these different sports, but they never really get to singular focus on things. And I do wonder if someone with that kind of athleticism, when he's allowed to singularly focus 
um, becoming a tight end or just he's not playing basketball or doing track and he can actually lift and put the weight on and keep that weight on. Cause that's a, that's a big part of the Carter Nelson thing too. You gotta, you gotta keep some weight on to play tight end. I, that's, that has been an issue for some guys in the past. I know for sure. So I, I think that'll be really sort of interesting. The idea of just being able to, to focus on one position, see how that plays out. Last thing for you here, Brunt. What is going on in the state of Nebraska with tight ends? You got four potential power five tight ends in this class alone. Carter Nelson's committed to Nebraska. Eric Ingerson's committed to Pitt. Michael Burt just committed to Iowa. And Tanner Hollinger has an offer from Illinois. And this isn't anything new. I've joked, threatened even, that I was going to write a, you know, some sort of definitive story about how Nebraska is a land of tight ends. I think if you go back to the class of 20, 2016, starting with Noah Fant, there's a power five tight end almost every single year from the state of Nebraska. Uh, if not a power five guy, there's certainly been a group of five tight end and sometimes multiple power five guys. So what what is it with this tight end position or is it are we just simply talking there's a lot of that six foot four, six five. I'm a power forward in basketball, but that's not going to translate in college basketball body types out there that are now just being utilized more in this tight end role. Yeah, we're we're in a little bit of a Nebraska tight end renaissance right now. Um, it and it's funny too. I mean, you look ahead to future classes. I mean, and you go to these like Warren Academy events and. We're already hearing about the 27s. And the right. Like you, you've yeah. got guys who are like in the class of 26 who are yeah. like, who already look like, you know, six foot four, 220 pound guys that could go in and, you know, you're projecting out two years. Like, you know, what the heck is going on? I mean, Chase Lofton at Elkhorn North got yeah. an offer everywhere he camped this year. So uh, he, he's kind of next up, I think. But yeah, I mean, that that's a position that for whatever reason, um, seems to there's a lot of that body type in nebraska it's like everybody that was a fullback suddenly grew two more inches and and got a little <laughs> bit more athletic and 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 could run routes a little bit better i i don't know what's going on but yeah i mean it's it, uh it's interesting and kind of it you know nebraska it's like you can kind of have your pick of guys almost if you have the room for them um, which i guess is a good problem to have but you know carter nelson's kind of the the top of the heap there. And, and, you know, we're going to continue to be talking about guys in the 25 and 26 classes that are going to get power five offers out of Nebraska. And uh, that's a good sign. I mean, you know, if, if you're Matt rule and you're looking to run more of a pro style offense, you want to use play action, you want to use multiple tight ends, which I think that might also be another Avenue to get Nelson on the field earlier is if you have the two and three tight end sets um, you, you've got the, the, the guys to do it in state. So that, that's something I think kind of bears watching. Um, I, I do have one more in-state question for you, okay. Sean. You good? I'm so good. obviously the narrative the last few years has been about Nebraska's struggles to recruit in-state. Um, Carter Nelson is certainly kind of a, a recruitment all his own, but what do you make right now of the staff's ability to recruit in-state, to close in-state, but also – do you see it as something that there's going to be this isn't just going to be a one-year transitional thing because it seems like in the past you've kind of had that kind of rush of in-state fervor and then it's died off 
what do you make of kind of where things sit at the end of June in 2023 about Matt Rule and his ability to recruit in the state? Yeah, I think he made a statement um, between getting Isaiah McMorris and Davon Hall, and now you have Carter Nelson. You already landed Daniel Kalen and and Ashton Murphy, uh, Donovan Jones. So you're that's what six names right there uh, with with Caleb Benning and Caleb Pyfrom um, still at large. So I, I think he made a statement that Nebraska is going to try to collect the best talent they can in the state. Um, I think. Honestly, there's a lot of different narratives that you can go with, but here's one I want to leave people with today. I think Donovan Jones represents why players in the state of Nebraska should be excited about Matt Rule, excited about this staff. Donovan Jones went to Friday Night Lights. Donovan Jones had a little bit of advanced hype from people that knew him that reached out to Rule, and they're like, hey, put an eye on this kid when he's there. And they did. And, and you know, to give Rule's staff some real credit, they listened to some outside people. They, they put an eye specifically on Donovan Jones on Friday Night Lights, and they decided he was offer-worthy. And so did Wyoming, who is the only other, you know, FBS school at that camp. And I think that says a ton about what can happen for in-state kids. Like, we talk all the time about how there's different misses and how, you know, this staff didn't do this and that staff didn't do that. Well, guess what? This staff is more than willing to offer a kid based on him showing up at camp falling out. And so if you want an offer and you're in the state of Nebraska, get your butt to camp and go prove it. Because if you can go prove it, they're willing to, they've already shown they're willing to do this. And so if you're a 25 and you're a 26 and you're a 27 and you didn't go to Nebraska's camp because you didn't think that it was worth your time, you did yourself a real disservice. And I think that kids going forward, this, this should be a thing pushed by the high school coaches, by the trainers, by the seven on seven people, Get to a Nebraska camp. Give yourself that opportunity to get an offer. If you think you're good enough and and you have at least, you know, some track times or something else to show for it, they're going to pay attention to you. And if you're good enough in that camp, they're going to offer you. And it's not like one of those, here's an offer so you can go show it around and try to get something else out of it. It's a, here's an offer. And if you want to come to Nebraska, think about it, but don't think too long because we're going to keep moving this thing along. And I I think that's great for the kids in the state because there's no longer that barrier. There's no longer, oh, I got to be this or I got to be that. No, you show up and you earn it, you're going to get yourself an offer. That's all I got. <laughs> I, I didn't know if what I said was so profound that you were just blown just, away there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, wow. All right. Well, that's the Carter Nelson reaction podcast here from Husker 24 seven. That's Michael Brunt. I'm Mike Schaefer plenty going on with recruiting. It doesn't look like it's slowing down either, but Nebraska theoretically only had so many spots left. So be sure to check out Husker 24 com. Plenty of coverage on the Carter Nelson commitment, plenty of coverage on all the other commitments as well. Plenty of recruiting stuff at Husker 24 com. What are you doing? Get there now. We'll be back with more Husker 24-7 podcasts, content, later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 